welcome to For the Love of Dogs with Janice Wolf. Hello, hello, hello. It is the witching hour. Woohoo! It's no, I'm not crazy. Well, I am, but that's beside the point. It's going to be Halloween, and there are so many good things to do, including dressing your dog up in some stupid costume that makes him probably lose his self-confidence and drop his self-esteem more than anything you could do. But it's so much fun. I wanted to relay a really funny story, and anybody who's thinking of doing this, you might want to reconsider. I had 25 years ago when I was three, no, uh, 25 years ago, and my little nephew was only a couple of years old, my big nephew, actually, and he was only a couple of years old, and I had the most amazing Rhodesian Ridgeback, yes, even back then, many years before that, named Montana. He was the son of Rambo, and Rambo was a very large, very big, very proud dog, but Montana was his son, was as tall, but he was much more, well, let's just say more hip. I know that's not like a word I've ever used before, but I think it needs to be used. So Montana and Josh and I went with a couple of his little friends. So maybe, I don't know, the kids were four years old, five years old. It wasn't very long ago. And they were young. They were all in costumes. They were running from house to house. And we got to this one house, and there was an absolutely spectacular Halloween display. Really, really cool. They even had, like, a bench right up by the house, and they had these straw, like, you know, figures, right, that were human-sized. And they had them laying around, and it was so cool. And the kids ran up, and they were looking at them like, ooh, and they were trick-or-treating and having so much fun. And all of a sudden, when I was up there with Montana and Josh, what happened? One of the figures moved, and it grabbed him. And he got scared because he was a little kid. He got scared, and all of a sudden... This amazingly calm and gentle dog that I had had for four or five years was working with children, doing all the disease protection, all these things that I've done my whole life, or not two-thirds of it anyway. And all of a sudden, this person, this creepy, weird thing that was not supposed to be moving around, grabs my nephew. Well... Let me tell you something. He wasn't having it. I had never seen him act the way he did. He let out a growl and he let out a bark. And he basically scared this poor teenage boy to dropping my nephew, putting him down. And suddenly Montana stopped and he looked. He goes, oh, it's a person. But in that moment, this kid had to have lost 10 years of his life (laughs) because he said to me, he says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought it was a good idea. It was really fun, but I'm never going to do this again. I'm going in the house. I'm going to hand out candy. I don't want to do this anymore because he didn't realize that, you know, when he did that, he was not only being, you know, silly, which if he would have jumped out from somewhere behind a bush, there wouldn't have been a reaction. But think about how your dog perceives what he sees around him. Dogs don't think, oh, yeah, it's Halloween. You know, there are going to be things dropping out and people and scary things. They look at things on face value. Now, will they know it's you in a costume? Yes, they will, because they'll smell you through the costume. However, When somebody, anybody, Halloween or otherwise, but especially when you're dressed up in a scary face, Freddy Krueger mask and all, and you jump out and you pick up and grab and scream as you're doing this to a little child or to anybody, your own dog, who may be the best dog in the world, although, you know, who knows, right, may wind up not being as stable as Montana, who just simply growled and warned him this guy that get don't touch my my kid but i've seen a fair number of bites at halloween 
because the kids are coming up and especially some of the kids who aren't little kids and just going, click a cheat, but they're going up and they're acting scary or they're, you know, their hands are up, their arms are out. What does your dog think of that? A person they can't smell, that doesn't smell like the same person. They're dressed as a werewolf. They're dressed as a scary monster. And you allow your dog to be there when the trick-or-treaters are coming. So all of a sudden, your dog thinks you're under attack. It's basically, it's the Martians are coming. The Martians are coming. Oh, my God. They're going to try to take over my house. And I have heard that and I've seen that as a top canine behaviorist doing this for 40 years. I have seen more dogs than you could ever imagine who great dogs, even a lab, there was a golden who attacked a kid, and knocked him down the steps, um, the front steps, because the kid got so scared when the dog went after him. And it was a whole disaster. And the kid got a very bad concussion because he fell backward down, uh, you know, and landed on concrete and stone. So I will tell you, if you don't have the most stable dog in the world, you think he's stable or it's his first Halloween, don't put your dog in danger and put him, you know, by the front door when the trick-or-treaters are coming. Be sensible because all you need is for the kids to do something. It's Halloween. It's their day. Not that every day isn't the kid's day, but it's their day to be goofy and silly and do dumb stuff. So. If you can just keep your dog either behind a gate or in the bedroom or whatever, or have the dog, if it's a dog who's been doing this and he knows it, he understands he's fine, then that's fine. And that's what, not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about how often do people end up having problems because they didn't think. And I always say this. I say people say, well, I didn't think it would be a problem. Why don't we just get rid of the end of the sentence and just put the three words, I didn't think. And you'll see every year there's a story. Oh, you know, child mauled by, you know, pit bull, child mauled by cocker spaniel, child mauled by doodle thing that, you know, did something because the kid, you know, was running around and making scary noises and the dog didn't know it was a person and went after him. And and listen, not every dog is good with kids. Not every dog is good with adults. Not every dog is good with other animals. Keep your dog safe. It's really not worth it for the other 364 days a year that are not Halloween that you don't have to put your dog in danger or in jeopardy. So what can you do with your dog? Oh, man, there's Halloween pictures and Halloween parades. Before your kids start getting ready, or if if you are like my family who we used to get put the costumes on to make sure that we could see through them, we could see out of them, they were safe, we weren't going to trip on them, have the kids take pictures with your dog. Dress your dog up as a gorilla. Dress it up as a pumpkin. Dress it up as a hot dog. Ooh, that's so original when you have a dachshund that you dress it up like a hot dog. Okay. But whatever you're going to do, please keep your dog out of harm's way so that when these kids are coming up, especially later at night, because at night is the part of the, the, the whole day that is most dangerous for having dog bites or attacks or weird random incidents because dogs see differently than we do. So dogs have, many dogs do have cones as well as rods. The rods in the eye, the eyeballs, think of them as little like toilet paper tubes, okay? They're great at seeing contrast. They can see gray and all that. They can see contrast so they can see shapes. But especially, you know, think about What do you do when you want to scare somebody and you're at camp and you're around a campfire and you're talking about scary things and everybody's like, oh, my God, oh, that's so scary. And then somebody comes up, it's usually some obnoxious camp counselor, comes up with a flashlight by his chin facing up so his whole face looks like a ghoul and comes up and goes, I'm here. And then boom, and everybody starts, oh, my God. Well, at night, it's very scary for some dogs. So if you have a dog that is not going to uh, be really great with that, why are you putting your dog in harm's way? 
Do you want to be a statistic? Do you want to have your dog be that dog that winds up on the six o'clock news because it attacked a child? You don't need that. It's a time for the dog to go in, let him relax, send him a doggy daycare, whatever you do. But I just keep hearing every year, it's like when we hear July 4th, let's see who's going to blow their fingers off this year. Let's see who's going to lose an eye because they're going to stand over a bottle rocket. We know it's going to happen. It happens every damn year. So don't let it be you. You are forewarned because you are now forearmed. Don't do things that you think are okay because that's like little kids. They go, but I thought the doggy would like it. Oh, yes, the doggy loves when you take your, you know, your straw and you try to poke it down his ear. Yes, he loves that. Yes. That's why he bit you in the face and your parents got rid of the dog and lied to you and told you that he went to live on a farm when you were, you know, six years old. And you can never trust your parents again because they told you the dog you went to live on a farm. And because you messed with the dog, you actually got your dog put to sleep. So we don't need that kind of thing to happen, and especially around kids. So let's be sensible. Let's be smart this year for Halloween. Let's not create problems where they don't exist. Okay. Now, let's talk more about trick-or-treating. I have always taken my dogs trick-or-treating, but my dogs go through airports. My dogs go to cotillions and fashion shows, and my dogs are the rock-solid dogs that you couldn't even get your dog to be. They're mostly service dogs as well, so we've just gotten them to be so used to everything, like shotguns and horses and longhorn steer, all kinds of stuff like that. So, If you think about it, what can you do that's fun for your dog? Well, make them something special. Make them something silly. Um, Get them a cake, you know, little doggy cakes. They do have those. Or give them a special treat, a Kong or whatever you use. Get them something that he can enjoy, that he can either stay in the other room or behind the gate or upstairs or whatever. And the other part of that is instead of having the kids ring the bell, you can leave your door open or put a ta- like a piece of tape or something or a little box over the bell, and this way your dog isn't going to be reacting every single time. Or if you do have a dog who's a bit of a problem or who's very anxious or who has separation anxiety or who would be reacting based on the reactions um, of the you know the kids with the doorbell, you can also put the bo- the box of candy or bucket of candy in front of the house. Um, what I would do if I didn't really want to be disturbed or something wasn't right or whatever, I would put the candy at the bottom. I have a, a two-level entrance, so I would put it at the bottom step so it was still up a bit. And instead of putting all the candy in there, because you know some of the little stinkers are going to just, and the teenagers especially, it'll say take one and they'll be like, okay, I'm just going to take them all. So I would put maybe... 10 or 15 pieces of candy in there. And when I would see that a big group would come by and they would take it, I would put some more candy out. And this way your dog can just be relaxed. And especially if you have a dog with issues or phobias, it's nice for them to be able to just not have to go through that. It's bad enough with thunderstorms and fireworks. We don't have to terrorize our dog on Halloween as well. Now, what are the things you can give your dog at Halloween? You know, Food coloring is really not good. So orange is basically red dye 40 um, with some yellow, which is also not the greatest thing, you know, unless it's a natural dye. But you can make your dog a homemade carrot cake, which is a really fun thing. Um, You can make your dog things out of oats. There are even great treats that you can make for kids that they can also be used for the dogs. They don't use a lot of sugar or anything. You can use different kinds of fruit sugars. Um, Don't use anything with um, Splendor, Aspartame, or Xylitol, Mannitol, Sorbitol, all those, because many of those are highly toxic to dogs. But they do make some really cool, like you can take pumpkin and have the kids, you know, make them. They're like pumpkin and and oatmeal, like the Quaker oats, the flattened, pulverized, uh, I think they call it rolled oats. Um, that they're rolled over and they're flat, those kind of things 
you can put together. You can use a little bit of honey is fine. And they make these little great little no-bake treats. So make tiny little no-bake treats. And if you want, have when the people are ringing the bell or the kids are coming by, you can have them give your dog a treat if it's that kind of a thing too. And that can help a dog to become more confident. But if your dog is fearful at all, if your dog is afraid at all, if you've gotten a recent rescue and you haven't been through a good Halloween with this dog yet, let him just be an observer. And, you know, it's also fun putting a costume on your dog, of course. I mean, I love putting my dogs in costumes. I have tons of them from all the fashion shows Wyatt was in uh, that my good friend Ada used to make these magnificent, magnificent clothes for these dogs. So Wyatt had this incredible satin tuxedo and like a brown and a champagne shirt. It was amazing. So you can buy your dog things like that. Get him used to it beforehand and please make sure it fits. Um, But if you want to go out with the kids and you want to take your dog, a lot of times, and I see this around where I used to live, is the kids and the parents will go because we have to be so careful that nobody's stealing our children these days, right? So the parents will be walking on the sidewalk and the kids will run up to the house and then run back and then the parents and the kids walk again down to the next house and then they go up and around or they watch as they cut through the the bushes and trees and destroy all the perennials that they, that the kids are stomping on. But if you want to take your dog out in that kind of a scenario where your dog is kind of on the street that he's used to and he sees kids running, he's probably going to be fine. Again, you got to be the judge of this. Do not, you know, try this at home and then say, but you said it would be okay. I don't know your dog. I don't know you. So make sure that, you know, if you want to do that with the kids, put the costume on, let the dog get used to the costume, make sure it's not blocking his view. Because a lot of these dogs that I hear about, it's constant. Janice, I have the best dog in the world, except he bit a kid in the face. Oh, why was that? Well, I don't know. Well, guess what? He's a doodle thing. And you're not cutting his hair, so he has no peripheral vision. So he cannot see, and this kid came up to be sweet and give him a kiss on the cheek, and the poor dog got startled and snapped, and the kid's face was right there. So make sure that whatever costume it is, the same as you would do for your child, make sure that the costume for the dog does not um, obscure his vision at all very important. And if you do have a dog who has the, um, the fluffy hair, um, and it's occluding or obscuring the view, then make sure you either use a rubber band or some kind of a little, you know, foofy little hair tie thing and get the hair out of the dog's eyes so that it can see, because they will be a lot less reactive if the dog can see. So I'm going to ask everybody to try something, and I've asked you to do this before. If you have long, pretty long hair or pretty long bangs, you'll be able to do this. Um, if you have very short hair or no, none at all, um, I would ask you to take something that has like fake hair, like uh, if there's a wig or something, you can try maybe the Halloween costume has it. And I want you to tip your head down so your chin to your chest. And I want you to, without moving your head, I want you to look to your left and tell me what you see. I can't see to my left. My hair is there. Okay. Now, I want you to keep your head down. I want you to look to your right. What do you see? I don't know. I can't see. My hair is in the way. Oh. So what would we have to do if we were a dog and we have that fluffy hair that the doodles have and some of the other breeds like actual breeds have, which, uh, you know, like uh, any, any like uh, of the sheepdogs, a lot of the herding breeds, the Polish Wallen sheepdogs have, the old English sheepdogs have, uh, you definitely have with like Tibetan terriers have. So if you have a dog who has a lot of hair um, growing around his eyes above and to the sides, It's really a great idea to either, you know, unless it's a show dog, get that hair away from them either by cutting it or by kind of pinning it up, banding it up, 
And you'll see right away your dog will be a lot less reactive. So imagine if when you had your head down and you couldn't see left or right because your hair was in the way, imagine that something touched you, something startled you. Just the fact that you have to turn toward it and a dog who might be breathing or panting through its mouth and now turns its head and there's a kid's face there and now as the dog pants or barks because it's scared or startled, there's a kid's face there, the kid gets bitten in the face and now you got a lawsuit. So work on those things and if you do, especially if you have a doodle of some sort, you know, the poodle mixed with anything, um, they have they have hair that doesn't stop growing, right, which is why they're very expensive to groom. Uh, my Ridgebacks, I groom, well, I mean, I'll give them a bath a couple times a year whether they need it or not. And uh, my record was 11 Ridgebacks in 55 minutes from start to finish. So uh, it's probably going to take you or your groomer, you know, an hour and a half to two hours for one of your doodles. So you know, that's one of those things that a lot of people don't realize when you buy a mixed breed dog, especially one of the these poodle mixes, their hair grows a lot and it grows very quickly. And unless you are a groomer or going to just, you know, buzz your dog with a, a clipper, which is certainly something you can do, you know, that hair is going to grow. <laughs> so you're going to cost you a lot of money for nothing because you're going to have a groomer who's going to constantly be cutting it. But even if you don't cut it, band it up and get the hair away from the top, the bangs, and also get the hair away from the sides. The sides is almost more important because if a dog is looking at something straight, it can basically see above and, and a little to each side. But if something comes right from the side, it can't see. I mean, it's just it's the way it is. It can't see. So definitely think about that. Um, and then the final thing I want to talk about with Halloween is when your kids come home and start putting their candy down or leaving the room, they put the candy down. Some dogs like, you know, Labs, Goldens, a lot of these doodles, Bulldogs, there's a bunch of different mixes of breeds and there's a bunch of purebreds or, you know, whether they're well-bred or not, there's still, you know, some purebreds who also do it, like Labs and Goldens, are notorious for it. Matter of fact, to insure a Lab or Golden um, is more expensive than insuring many other uh, purebred dogs because of the number of foreign bodies they have. They, uh, I was just up at, at uh, my uh, vet hospital where I'm the behaviorist, and we have about 90,000-plus 90, 90, patients. And I joked with a couple of the girls there who I know for years, I said, what breeds or combinations of breeds have the most foreign bodies or obstructions? And, uh, and we had an argument if it was Labs or Goldens. Um, and then we also put in the Bulldogs. English Bulldogs tend to do that too. So Labs and Goldens are notorious for that. And especially if you're not on those NuVet Plus vitamins that I tell you about, which you really should have your dog on, try them out. Um, they'll help a lot, but if the candy's down there and the kids, let's say they come home and like we, when we were kids, when the, the bucket would start getting heavy, we would come home, dump the bucket, go out with a new fresh bucket. And our dogs, my dogs don't steal food, but if you have, you know, a lab, a golden, a doodle of some sort, you know, or, or a dog who's kind of like always looking for food, um, make sure the kids know to put that candy up. Put it in a cabinet because, remember, you might have things like some of the people will give pretzels or chips or something, which wouldn't really hurt the dog. But there could be, you know, special dark chocolates. There can be other types of chocolates. There can be gums or candies with xylitol. And you're not going to know. You're not going to know which candies these dogs were ingesting, especially if you're like the labs or goldens or doodle things that, you know, eat anything and they eat the paper too and the foil and, you know, all those things, you won't know what the dog ate. So if he eats, you know, maybe eats a piece of licorice, maybe that won't hurt him. But if he eats something that's got xylitol in it, like gum or candy with xylitol, by the time you realize or the kids come home and say, oh, my God, my, you know, the dog ate all my candy, your dog could be well on his way to dying 
because those things are highly toxic. And don't think that because you say like, oh my God, my dog drank, you know, licked antifreeze. Oh, but that was an hour ago and he seems fine. Um, that's not something that happens in a day. Those things happen in sometimes a week or even two where it breaks down and starts causing kidney failure or liver failure. So not all poisons poison or are toxic immediately. Onions, we talk about onions. You have raw onions, cooked onions, they're a little less, but raw onions or onion powder, things like that, those are not toxic as much if, let's say your dog eats a raw onion. God knows why he would, but a lab or golden or doodle probably would. So let's say he eats a raw onion one time and it's a lot. That could start hurting him, but more likely if you cut that onion up, not that I want you to do this, please don't do this, but if you cut that onion up and gave him like a tenth of that onion every single day for 10 days, that would be worse for him than if he had it one time because the one time they process it and there's only so much that can get you know processed versus a smaller amount over a longer period of time. So please, if you think your dog ate chocolate and you go, oh my God, it's been like two hours. It might've been two hours, but get your dog to a vet because it doesn't matter that like, oh, look, he's fine. That's like saying, oh yeah, you know, um, uh, you know, arsenic, like arsenic poisoning. You can die of arsenic poisoning because you ate too much rice. There's so much arsenic in rice, and actually brown rice has more arsenic in it than white rice. Did you know that? So you've got it. That's why I tell you when you give your dog any kind of people food, especially like what you know, white or brown rice, get organic and get something that is a really good brand that you can trust because rice fields, for whatever reason, tend to have a lot of arsenic in them. And the arsenic gets up into the rice grains. And you eat enough of that, you can get really sick. A lot of poisons are not quick poisons. They take a long time. So it's not like, you know, Romeo and Juliet where we say, oh, look, she took poison and he took poison and she found, oh, he's dying. Yeah, I mean, there are some that are quick, but the vast majority of them take a little bit of time. So especially with things like if your dog ingests any um, antifreeze, things like that, or xylitol, there are things that your vet can do. Any vet, I don't care if you've got the worst vet in the world, they're still going to be able to help that dog hydrate him, vitamin K, um, put him on activated charcoal, things like that. Um, I've even seen the one place uh, they had a, um, a thing for um, dialysis. They had actual dialysis machine, um, which was unusual, but it was at one of the very large vet hospitals. And they had the dog, they put him on dialysis, so they were able to, you know, help him and prevent him from having these horrible, horrible issues. So, again, Halloween... Dia de los muertos, all right? Halloween should be a fun time. It shouldn't be a time you wind up with a lawsuit or a sick or dead dog. Keep yourselves happy and healthy, and I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with From Shelter Dogs and Service Dogs. Stay tuned. So we talked about Halloween and uh, Halloween issues. Well, let's talk about rescue dogs and Halloween. Uh-oh. Now we got a whole problem. Shelter dog to service dog. I've been using this moniker for, oh, I don't know what, 15 years or so. Shelter dog to service dog. But not every shelter dog can be a service dog, certainly. But about one in a 100 can. And one of the cool things that I look for, and we just rescued an adorable Great Dane. She's Her name is Coco, and she came from deep, the Deep South, and she's out now at our ranch working on things. And she's one of those dogs that she's, you know, definitely young. She's about maybe seven months old. So remember what we talk about all the time 
about fear phases that dogs go through. Think about if, especially if you have a young dog or if you have a young rescue dog or any rescue dog you've recently gotten, that dogs don't look at something the same way we do. And also another really important thing is if you want to see what a dog sees and why dogs react to different things than we do, get down on all fours, (laughs) assuming you don't have a bad hip or bad knees and you can get back up, get down on all fours or squat down and look at what it looks like from the level of what a dog sees. So if a little kid is running around with like a Freddy Krueger mask, and the dog is, let's say, a beagle size, that dog is looking up, and that Freddy Krueger kid looks really big to us because we're looking down because it's a kid, but, you know, it looks different, and we know it's a kid. But it's a great opportunity for you guys to take dogs that might have fear issues and introduce them to calm kids. What I would do is say, hey, if you have children, is have, or if you have neighborhood kids, have the kids get used to the dog, have the dog get used to the kids, start letting the, the dog kind of notice things from a distance so that he can start kind of incorporating that into his confidence. And he can say, oh, okay, I know, I get that, that kids are like that. You can always put a hat on a child. It doesn't have to be a costume, but in order to help your dog, Whoever is the most bonded to the dog is the one who's got to start this. So let's say you have a dog who maybe is kind of funky or a little bit anxious about something like, let's say, when men with hats, okay, or, you know, men with hoodies or somebody with a beard. Um, So if you can do that and you can get a hat or put a fake Santa beard or whatever you want, Grab one, put, you know, elk antlers or deer antlers, the uh, the ones we use at Christmas on our dogs that make them all look like reindeer, right? Get some of those things. They're, they're pretty cheap. You can go probably to the dollar store and get a couple of them. And get a hat, even if, you know, you want to get a Yankees hat, they're probably really cheap right now. But get a ball cap that covers your eyes and put a little beard and a little, you know, sweatshirt or whatever. And again, we're assuming that you don't have a dog who's, you know, killed the last three intruders that look like that, but get your dog used to seeing you in the ball cap with a beard, with a hoodie, you know, with a stick, with a hockey stick, whatever, you know, uh, whatever it is, get your dog used to kind of seeing that So that when he starts seeing other kids or other people walking around at Halloween or in a park, they've got balloons, they've got a stroller, it's better for the dog to get used to things like that when you're there, when you're kind of in charge and, you know, watching a dog. Where you wind up with the problem is I call it the green horse, green rider syndrome. People want to go, and yes, this is a show about dogs, but it's also very relevant to uh, horses. A green horse, green rider is taking someone who doesn't know how to ride a horse, they're brand new, and taking that person and sticking them on a horse that doesn't have a lot of experience either. So we hear that all the time. And boy, I used to hear that when I was doing all the therapeutic riding and all the kids wanted to get their daddies to buy them a horse. And I would say, you're not going to get a horse. Maybe we'll let you lease one one day, but you're not going to get a horse. And then a lot of times the parents would say, usually the dad, well, why don't we just get them a nice young horse so they can kind of learn together? Well, that's a dumb thing. And if you have horses or have been into riding horses at all, you are laughing yourself silly right now because... I would be laughing my ass off as well, saying, um, do you understand that horses that don't understand what to do, that when they get scared, they run away and your child falls off and gets hurt? Or, oh, you want your child to teach the horse how to jump, even though your child can't sit on the horse without falling? And what happens when the horse stops at the jump? And your child doesn't stop at the jump and goes right over head first in the Christopher Reeve syndrome, right? So 
it is not a good idea to have a youngish puppy being walked by a young child. Okay, it is certainly not a good idea to have an older dog who has issues being walked by a youngish child. And I see this all the time, especially Halloween. I don't know why people do it, but they take their kids out and they put the dog on a flexi and they tell the kid, hold on to the dog. And so they walk around. And if you have a rescue dog and your dog is a little skittish, or if you just have a dog that you haven't been able to fix because you haven't been listening to my show long enough, you know, we can fix that stuff. There's pretty much anything in the entire world can be fixed if you have enough time and if you have enough knowledge. Money helps too, but time and knowledge. But a lot of times people just, well, not even a lot. Let's face it, almost all the time. People want to do things quickly. They just want to get that fast, quick gratification, and they don't put the time in. What I'm telling you to do is to start putting time in to your dog. Start getting your dog used to all these other things, the hats being created. Let's go into that in a moment. And, you know, having whatever you're you're doing, putting a park, a ski park, a walk-in with a you know, halfway up with one of those, um, like, the mugger things, right, where you put the, the, it's like a, kind of like, I I don't know, they they started them during COVID, they really don't work at all, but put something on your face like that to obscure your face, and then walk into your house and make some noise, and uh, apparently, I'm sure somebody will try this and do something stupid, but make sure that you're not freaking your dog out, but just walk in and kind of like you can talk to the dog, hey, how you doing, buddy, as you walk in, which I usually tell people not to do. But this way the dog hears your voice, knows it's you, so the dog is not going to be reactive, and he's going to be, you know, a happy camper. So if you decide that you're going to, let's say, dress your dog up for Halloween and you've got a dog who's kind of frightened, you don't need the dog running out the door. You don't need the dog biting a child. You can definitely put the dog behind a little baby gate so that he can see everything going on, but that he's not in a position that he is set up for failure and that he's going to bite somebody. But prepare dogs, especially if you've got a recent rescue. Even though you say, oh my gosh, this dog seems so great. You've had him for a month, okay? One month, you don't know anything about it. Think about If you met somebody, you met a person, and you had to make a decision like that 90-day fiancé show, well, let's drop it down to 30-day fiancé, 30 days, so you have your dog for a month, and in one month, you think that dog is going to be, A, trusting you and everybody else, B, reacting appropriately to everything? I don't think so. I think you are going to have problems. And what happens is, of course, it's never the human who has the problem. It's never the owner. It's the dog. If somebody, if that dog bites somebody, yes, you might have the lawsuit, but the dog is the one who's going to be euthanized, not you. So think twice before you act and make sure that you're making good choices, good decisions for your dog. And I'll always say that, like I do with the horses, is it really worth it? Think about somebody getting in a severe car accident or or like Christopher Reeve fell off a horse and he fell off the same horse at the same jump the year prior. So he already knew that was a problem for that horse. So if you look at it and you say, well, if you could change life, if you could change like one thing, don't you think if Christopher Reeve were still alive, sweet man, don't you think he might have said, yeah, you know what? I wish I hadn't gone riding that day. I wish I hadn't gone to that hunt event because he would have been alive, no doubt, right? And you think about people who've passed or who've lost loved ones in motor vehicle accidents or on a motorcycle, you know? And you think, like, if you knew that day that that was going to be your last day because you took a certain turn, a certain speed, a certain way that day, You know, would you maybe have changed it, thinking about it? Would you maybe change that so that you wouldn't have done that? 
boy, there's some things I could change. I wish I could change a few things, but some of it you can't, you just can't change. And that's the problem. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. You can't change certain things. So if you try and you say, okay, let me see what am I not going to feel bad about? What am I not going to regret? What am I not going to have remorse about? Well, if I have my dog and I'm walking my dog around and a kid comes up and wants to pet my dog, but the kid is in a Freddy Krueger mask or in some scary looking costume, you can't control that kids are going to want to pet a dog. So whether the dog, it's a normal day, it's not Halloween, or whether it is Halloween, it's always, always best to do the prudent thing. Maybe boring, it may not be what you want, but don't do something that you are literally going to regret and that could potentially cause your dog to wind up being euthanized. So what do you do besides that? What do you do for your dog to prevent him from having these fear issues? Well, some fear issues are caused by owners. Same way as if every time somebody um, came to the front door, they got startled because somebody shot uh, a lawn dart past their face. Didn't hit them ever, but that could startle you. So every time you would walk back in the house, you would be ducking, thinking the lawn dart was coming for you, even though you hadn't been hit, obviously. So that same thing with Halloween, that same thing with the rescue dogs, don't throw too much at them at one time. My word I always use is flooding. Don't flood your dog. If you flood your dog, this is a Janice word here, flooding him is overdoing it. It's setting himself up for failure. You're setting your dog up to fail because you're giving him too much. It's like taking a child who has, let's say, test anxiety, and instead of saying, hey, it's okay. If you don't finish, you can do it tomorrow, or you can take it home, or you can stay late. It's okay. It's not a big deal. You say, okay, well, now you only have 42 minutes. Okay, let's see. No, no. Watch the clock. Watch the clock. Up oh, Now it's only 41 and a half minutes. And you keep that kid going, that kid's going to fail momentously, horribly, the worst thing in the entire world, because you're setting him up to fail. You're not letting him take the time he needs to be able to process things. And very, very often, that's exactly what happens with our dogs, and especially rescue dogs. You say, oh, my gosh, but he's so good with kids but you've had him for a month or two months or three months or six months. If you haven't test driven that dog with kids, and yes, I say the phrase test drive. If you test drive your dog with kids and then you test drive your dog with kids, maybe running around and then maybe test drive the kids with balloons or with, you know, capes or something, get the dog used to it so that he's not shocked and startled because as soon as you stop, doing that and then, you know, do it a few weeks again or a month before Halloween. So when the kids go back to school and the dog is, you know, home a lot more without the kids because the kids are away, make sure you take the dog out. Throw your dog in the car if you can. Let him get out there. Go to, you know, if he's well-behaved, get him to, you know, like a Home Depot. Take him to PetSmart. Take him somewhere. Keep him out there and active and around people so he doesn't wind up getting scared because he hasn't been accustomed to or acclimated to people or kids or whatever moving around and all that. And this way you can keep him kind of used to that and he'll be less reactive. The more time you put in, the better your results are going to be. It's like almost anything in this world. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. So we have about five minutes left. I wanted to go through a little bit with supplements. There are so many different knockoffs out there. Um, particularly, I've been noticing that there are a lot of knockoffs of the vitamins that I use. There are knockoffs now of dog foods. So it'll be a very similar kind of look to it. And what you'll find is a lot of these dog foods that people say, oh, yeah, it's like the so-and-so's dog or 
you know, uh, you know, Joey and, and Stella, you know, their dog food and this one and that one. And all of these different companies, it's very important for you to make sure that these companies have tested their formulas and that they have an ingredient panel and that has been scientifically broken down chemically to make sure that that does meet all the standards that dogs need. But those of you who are getting raw, you're overpaying. I don't care what company you're going to, you're overpaying because there are places like a poultry farm, like by us, there's a place called Goffle Brook Poultry or Goffle Road Poultry. There are, it used to be Larison's Turkey Farm down in the uh, Chester, New Jersey area. You'll see there are, and not even a butcher, but it's, it's like the places that have um, chickens or turkeys, like the places you go to get your, your own, you know, farm, farm raised. Uh, fresh turkey instead of the frozen butter balls. Most of those places will either have their own um, really good raw that they just take the parts um, and they make, you know, their own dog food. They'll put food, you know, put vegetables or they'll put fruit or they'll put different uh, maybe things in it, different kinds of meats. They're usually very reasonable and I found that most of them are very good quality. You got to check it out, but they are good quality and they're going to be a lot less than the commercially prepared ones. So a good thing to do is, especially if you're on raw and you're giving your dog, you know, bones or you're giving your dog different things. One of the things that it's very hard to get without having a, a good high quality commercial kibble is vitamins. So vitamins are going to be important because when they cook the, um, the kibble or for the raw or for freeze-dried, whatever it is, a lot of times you're taking out the vitamins and the nutrients that, not all of them obviously, but enough that it is causing a problem. So what I like to do is I give my dogs NuVet vitamins. It's N-U-V-E-T, NuVet. It's NuVet.com. There are so many knockoffs, and this is how you know that this stuff works because there's so many knockoffs. I believe that NuVet was the absolute first one other than pet tabs, which are crap. They're made with wheat and kaolin, so you have to basically give your dog wheat and kaolin. Kaolin and pectin makes kaopectate. So you have to basically give your dog kaopectate and wheat to get them some commercially synthetic vitamins. Not good. But these NuVet are really great, and they're NuVet Plus, and then they also have a joint supplement too, NuJoint, N-U Joint, same company, NuVet.com. And what I love about these vitamins is the dogs really, because they love the vitamins, are totally like doggy crack. Your dog will 100% want to eat these things and devour them, so you have to put them up high in a cabinet unless you have a tiny dog because your dog will, I promise, try to eat every single one of them. Um, but what will happen is once your dog starts getting on those vitamin supplements, something that's that high of a quality, it's all made in a human-grade pharmaceutical lab with human-grade ingredients. Nobody does that. So everything is made with human-grade. And these things, my dogs have lived 15, 16 years. Um, my Ridgebacks, and that's a really long time for them. Now, yes, I have great genetics, but, you know, 15, 16 is a lot of years for a large dog um, that usually lives 10 to 12. So the NuVet Plus, if you want to order them, you, they, you have to have like a, an order code because they don't sell them to just anybody and they don't sell them in retail stores. You'd have to go through a breeder or a vet um, and the code that you can use so you can actually save 15% is 86686. And it's again, it's 86686. Um, you can order them, and if you hate them, they will give you your money back. But they are really amazing vitamins. Um, I've been giving my, well, my guys get one for every 25 pounds just because I like to give them extras. But it's all water-soluble, so it's fine. It's not going to hurt your dog if you give them a little extra. I, I mean, God knows how many times Wispa was 
going in and, and devouring an entire bottle. Um, the only thing my dogs would ever counter surf for was the Nouveau vitamins <laughs> and really not counter surf, but they, if they, I left them out, they would absolutely be, uh, be on them. Um, there are some other really good supplements too. There are some digestive enzymes that are wonderful, um, that we've used and we've had very good luck with. The one I liked, I used to use Cinecore, S-Y-N-A-C-O-R-E, that you can get on Amazon. Cinecore was good. I found that the ProViable and the ProViable Forte, P-R-O-V-I-A-B-L-E, ProViable, um, is a very good one. Um, what I do is I give my dogs also organic whole milk yogurt, and I will give them a teaspoon, unless they're going to have babies or something. Um, I give them a teaspoon of that, and then sometimes I'll if they're having a little belly issue or if it's going to be particularly wet or goopy kind of weather where they might tend to get, you know, have a problem, I will actually give them a little bit of the probiotic powder, the ProViable on the yogurt, and it really works great. Um, I've also been seeing a lot of dogs, especially lately, it seems like a lot of rescue dogs or a lot of outdoor dogs or indoor-outdoor dogs who are winding up with Giardia and winding up with a lot of parasites and intestinal issues, apparently there's a very um, resistant form of tapeworms, I'm sorry, of hookworms right now um, that is outside of the uh, ability of the uh, anti-worming, heartworming um, medications. So, you know, make sure that you check with your, your veterinarian to see and do check your fecal. People don't understand how important it is to check their dog's fecal material. And you should really check it at least twice a year because if you have eggs or worms or something or some parasites, you want to get rid of that before it can cause problems with the dog. All right. Oh, my goodness. It's, how does this happen where it's already time? I just was getting started and it's already an hour. Well, I love you guys. I hope you all have a wonderful Halloween. Um, be safe. Be happy. Be spooky. Don't let anybody hurt you because Montana will be watching. God bless all of you. Have a great Halloween.